You know, today's discussion is probably among the more important in all of the Bible because what it leads to. Baptism is probably the least, and I say this with emphasis, the least understood aspect of Christianity worldwide. There are over, it's estimated, anywhere from two and a half billion to three and a half billion Christians on this planet that profess to believe in Christ or Christian in some form or the other. Less than 4% of those Christians worldwide have been water baptized. So that means over 96% of the Christians on this earth have never fulfilled, arguably, one of the most important commandments of God. There's only two ordinances, communion and baptism. To think, as I said, that almost 100% of the people that are Christian have never done this? It's astounding when the Bible says that whosoever believes and is baptized, they're the ones that will lay hands on the sick. They're the ones that God will use to perform miracles. It's quite, I mean, eye-opening to just begin a message like today with that known fact. It's sad because so many Christians are believing for miracles, but they're living way below their estate, way below their identity. They just don't know it. Because baptism is unusual. It needs to be thought out and explained slowly because of all the different aspects to it. When John the Baptist was given instructions from the Holy Spirit, he said, the reason I am baptizing is so that then we would know who the Messiah is because it's through the baptism waters that Jesus Christ will reveal himself, John chapter 1, that I baptize with the intended purpose that the identity of God will be revealed. So that was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was when he was revealed. Nothing has changed. It's the beginning of a Christian's journey with power. It's when his true identity, if he knows it, will be revealed. It's where they realize, oh my God, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have the power of God resonating inside of this temple. I have the kingdom of God within me. The early Christians knew this, they understood this, and they ran with it and changed the world without any technology in a short period of time. They toppled nations, kingdoms, economic systems, religious strongholds, without any weaponry whatsoever. They just knew we're the children of God. We've been baptized into the body of God. How can that, oh, come on, come on. How can that not make a difference? How can that change you if you understand it? If you just go in the water, a friend of mine used to say, they go down the devil, they come up a wet devil. If you don't understand what's going on, you're the same. But if once you get it and you realize I'm being baptized, into the body of the creator of all creation? Should that not make an enormous difference in my life? Of course. Paul put it this way, that you're baptized with a purpose to an arising, that you're baptized into newness of life that you never had before, a capacity, a realm that you never ever possessed before. And by the baptism properly understood, because it's according to your faith. You can take a duck and baptize him. He's going to come up a duck. But when you understand 
what you're doing and you attach a faith to it, then something happens. It's sad that of the less than 4% of the people that have been baptized, I would say 99% of them don't know what they did. And they were improperly baptized. They did not understand what they were doing. They didn't understand the significance of what this is. It begins in Genesis 1. Astonishingly again, that the earth was that form of void. And it, listen to this, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit, this signifies baptism, just like in Jesus, the Holy Spirit came on him. And the Spirit hovered and moved upon the face of the waters. And then after that, God said, let there be light, revelation, let there be understanding. Most Christians don't realize you're supposed to understand something when you come up out of those waters. You're going to have an, the mind of Christ. Things are going to be easier for you to perceive, to study, to get the knowledge of it. It's a, supposed to be a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. You're supposed to have a miracle. God is saying, I'm going to testify to you that I exist. This is going to be a miracle moment for you. It's not common. It's not ordinary. You don't stand on the line just to get wet and fulfill some religious ordinance. Think of it this way. The Jews, which were vehemently, vehemently against Christ, they murdered them. Think of it this way. The Jews were a culture unto themselves, about as zealous as you could be for your religion and your God. Their society was Judaism. It wasn't a commerce. It wasn't an American government or a French government, and on Sunday you go to church. To Jew, life was being Jewish. Everything was Jewish. It wasn't just you go to the temple on Saturday. It was, I'm a Jew. I live a Jew. I am a Jew. And everything revolves around me being a Jew in my temple, synagogue life. It was their culture, their life. For a Jew to even think of being baptized, what the heck? Why would... No, 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 no. There's got to be a reason. Something caused for a Jew to say, I have to be baptized. It's not in the Old Testament. Not mentioned in the Old Testament. The word doesn't even exist. For a Jewish person to say, I am going to convert and I'm going to be baptized into Jesus Christ as a Christian, it's because he was seeing something. He was seeing miracle signs and wonders. He was seeing the miraculous. He was seeing things happening he had never seen before. And he said, you know what? That is Jesus Christ. That's God. I need to do it. Can you imagine this? There's a eunuch, as rich as you could be. And he meets, walking down the road with a Christian. After he gets an explanation, he says, hey, there's water here. Baptize me. Wait a minute, that's drinking water. You don't touch drinking water in that realm. You can have your head cut off if you defile the drinking waters. That, that was their life. They didn't have faucets. And he said, I don't care. We can't wait. Baptize me in the drinking water. What? That's unthinkable. But he did, because I can't wait. I understand baptism. Baptize me in the drinking water. A Philippian jailer. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's the middle of the night. He can't wait till the morning. The middle of the night. Baptize me right now. Wait a second. Let's go to bed. We'll do it no more. Heck no. If I understand this correctly, I don't want to wait one second. Baptize me right now. It's really an amazing thing. I was initially... Yeah, go ahead. I was initially baptized improperly. Wonderful church, amazing. I had no understanding. 
I got baptized and nothing happened. But what in heaven's name is this? Absolutely nothing happened. I mean, zero. And I'm going, well, man, that's, this makes no sense. And I thank God for Pastor Marty because at that point, I knew nothing, but she explained something to me. She said, you, you, you're doing this as a religious observation. You're never going to get anything out of it. And when I understood, I was placed under the water. I said, whatever you do, I used to have longer hair, real long hair. Said, Make sure every thread of my hair is under that water. Now that I understand, bury the old Ray. I don't want to live that life anymore. Bury that man as deep as you can bury that man and resurrect me into a brand new life. Now it happened. I came up and I go, oh my God, what was that? The power of God. One was a failure, the other one was not a failure. If you've been improperly baptized, you have not buried that old man. If you still have the same problems you used to have, that old man's not buried, that old man's alive. You need to get baptized and get rid of that junk and come up newness of life, something you've never, ever, ever, ever had before. A miracle. So here you have John, as I said, I'm going to baptize him to reveal Christ. Well, it's the same theology for us. You're baptized to reveal the Christ in you, for it manifests, and that power manifests. This is a real deal. This isn't fake. You have to understand it. This is not, you know, I got to go through the form, the ritual. Absolutely not. The Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. You have to see there's going to be a moving on those waters. In the Spirit, you're going down. That old man crucified. That new man is the body of Jesus Christ with the same power, the same future Jesus has, all of the anointing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God within you. Are you kidding? One of the requirements when they had to replace Judas, the first requirement was to get the new apostle beginning at the baptism of John. No, no. He has to first begin at the baptism of John. All of life begins at the baptism. But now I'm going to talk about what's probably the most misunderstood aspect of baptism. And it is. It is so sad. If only we can get a remnant to understand what we're about to discuss. You see, all of life is baptism. Baptism is the theology. It's the way of being a Christian. It's when you think darkness happens in your life, you encounter a problem. Impossible. An impasse that you just can't get over. That's the darkness. God is ready to come and baptize you out of that darkness and bring you to newness of life. All of life is a baptism. It's not just that you go in the water. Tomorrow, if you face a difficulty and it's impossible, it's dark. What do I do? How do I get out of this? You got to remember your baptism. You go, wait a second. God will baptize me out of this situation the way he baptized me out of darkness before. This is the principle of God. God is always baptizing. It's the people don't understand that they're always being baptized. You receive a difficult issue tomorrow, God forbid. You need to say, God, you're my baptizer. Baptize me out of this situation. The Red Sea is the most mentioned aspect in the Bible story to depict the power of God. It is referenced over and over and over again. A dead nation in bondage for over 400 years. 
cursed. I mean, slaves, abused. And God, how does he get the nation out? Through the Red Sea that he called it a baptism. To deliver an entire nation that's dead, oppressed, in bondage, servitude. What does he do? He baptizes them. And then uses that reference as the most common reference of the power of God's deliverance. So what do you think your baptism is into Jesus Christ in the New Testament? If you're in bondage, if you're in servitude, if things are wrong, if you have lust, addictions that you can't get over, what do you think you're supposed to do? Let God baptize you out of that situation. Let life come out of darkness. That's what baptism is. Baptism is every day. It's not one time. You do that one time publicly, so you have something to reference. I've been baptized. And I'm baptized once, I can get baptized again. God, get me out of this mess. Life out of darkness. Raise me up to newness of life out of this bondage that I'm in. You can be baptized every single day out of your messes. It's a theology, not a one-time occurrence. It's a way of life. I think somebody should say amen. What do you think? Matthew 28. Listen to this. All authority is given unto me. Go ye therefore and baptize all nations. It's from cover to cover in the New Testament, but not even mentioned once, not once in the Old Testament. It's the covenant of grace, not of law and of works. It's a covenant where no matter how unimaginable your situation is, where you can say this can never be resolved. I've lost it. The time passed. My opportunity escaped me. And now I'm stuck. There's nothing I could do. Well, then you have no understanding of baptism. The Bible begins where the, the earth was out form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then came the Holy Spirit and the theology of baptism. I'm going to get the earth out of this mess. You may think it can happen. Oh, it can. It will if you'll attach understanding to this theology. But it has to be born in you, out of faith, out of understanding, where you will not back down and you won't let circumstances whatsoever change you. They won't allow, you cannot allow for a circumstance to overwhelm the doctrine of this Bible. You cannot. You must live the doctrine of the Bible that God will baptize you out of that darkness and he will say, let there be a light. This is what baptism does. Again, much maligned, not understood. They think you go down one way and you come up another. Listen to what baptism is. If you study the theology correctly, baptism is your place, let's say, in a bleach to now clean your past, clean your inequities, clean your bad habits, clean the old man. And it's gone. But that, he doesn't leave you there. He then takes you to another, let's say, pool and puts you in a dye to change you now. So you're not left to yourself where the old man is washed away. No, now you're dyed with the blood red color of Jesus Christ. Now you belong to Jesus Christ. And if you understand that, what father or husband does not innately want to take care of his children? One husband doesn't want to take care of his wife. What is that? You, if, for you to pull on the heartstrings of your father, come on, Dad, 
I need an education. Please, no, leave me alone. What is that? Where do you ever see that? A father will sacrifice and work two, three jobs to put his baby to school. You see those mothers, they work three jobs to put their kids in college. Single mothers. They work until their bones hurt. And the first thing that kid does is, I want to thank my mother. My mother's the one who did this. That's the heart of a parent. To think that God has to be coerced and you have to wrestle with him and you get a blessing. That's offensive. You don't understand baptism. You've been baptized into the family. You've been baptized as a child, as the wife of God. You're in the body of God. You have a right to say, hey, husband, take care of me. Father, I need help. Father, come, quick, I need help right now. And what do you think, he's gonna say no? The guy who died for you is gonna say no? No, you're cleaned, but then you're turned into something else. You're bleached, totally clean of your past, but now comes the colorization of the life of Jesus Christ in your life. It's an extraordinary thing. But with baptism, you are always Please hear this in the spirit. Father in the spirit, open up spiritual understanding, dear Lord. You are always on the verge of a miracle. With baptism, you are all, the doctrine, the theology is, if you made a mistake, if you're in an impasse, if, if something is troubling you, if you have a wall, claim baptism. God, arise me into newness out of this mess. That's the entire theology of the Bible. 90% of God's miracles were healings. He was always in crisis intervention. He saw something, fixed it immediately. Never did he say no. We have the apostles over and over again telling these stories. Never did he deny a miracle, not one time. Always healing everybody, always intervening. All of a sudden, this Messiah changes when he's the God who changes not. No, here's what's changed. And own it. They used to live, as I said, Judaism was their life. Christianity is not the life of Christians. It's a compartment on Sunday afternoon or Friday night for an hour or two. And then life goes back to being normal. To say, to say that we live the life of the way the Jews didn't, come on. What's changed is are his people, not him. They don't ascribe to him his greatness, his honor, his glory. Everything is gimme, 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 rather than what can I do for you, Jesus Christ? What can I give to you? I heard the scripture for the tithe and offering. What can I take? What can I give to God? I'll take the cup of salvation. Come on. What can you give God? What does he want? He wants you to take the cup of salvation because he drank that cup empty for you. And we should say, God Almighty, thank you. What can I do for you? What can I do? And he says, take the cup of salvation. Display to the world what it is to be saved. Display to the world what it is to be baptized. Give me a freaking testimony. I'm serious. Come on. That's baptism, where you always can get a miracle. That's our God, where he's always hovering, wanting to change that darkness into life. Always saying, come on, believe in me, I'm going to do this. You prepare yourselves with faith. Understanding. It's not just expectation. You can get on a, a lotto line, I guess, and have expectation. You might win the ticket. With God, it's not just that. It's a certainty that you believe in his trustworthiness, in his faithfulness. And when he makes a covenant, he will not ever 
back down on that promise. But the reason people don't believe that, because in the Old Testament, in that culture thousands of years ago, if you made a promise, you didn't keep it, it would probably cost you your life. They understood what it was to kill and maim animals, dismember them, pour out the gallons, gallons and gallons of blood on a dirt path with the animals on each side. They understood the smell of the blood and the dirt and the organs. They understood what it cost that animal's life. And to see these carcasses dismembered and cut. And for the two parties, with all of the elders witnessing in the families, to take the blood and shake hands with the blood on their hands and then jointly walk through those cut pieces of body on the blood mingled with the dirt. They knew what they were doing. This is a promise. My life for yours. They knew. So they would not ever, ever break a covenant. In this culture, you make a covenant to break the covenant. You, you sign the credit card to then say, I can't pay the bill. Right? You take out the car lease and say, so I can't pay it. It's the promise. What does the promise mean in this culture? You can't get a court date for two, three years. There's so many lawsuits. Who keeps a promise? Nobody. With 80% of the marriages destroyed? What's a promise? What's a covenant? Most people have no concept of the word covenant. So therefore, if everybody I live with, myself included, we don't keep our word, we don't know what a covenant is, it doesn't much matter to us. As long as I'm gaining, I keep the promise. This is gonna cost me money. I didn't know that, I'm breaking the promise. It's astonishing. So now it's hard to transfer over and pivot to God, who would never break a promise. He swears by his name and there's nothing higher. He's given us the Bible, the blood of his son. I won't ever tell you I'm going to do something and not do it. God is not a liar, the Bible says. God is not a liar. He promises to bless you. Stand up for him in public baptism. Tell your family, your friends, I am being baptized. Bring a camera, because I'm putting this on my wall. Social media, never mind that I eat hamburgers. I'm going to show you me being baptized. That's what I'm going to show you. And I testify, you have to speak this way. I testify that the day after I'm baptized, you're going to see a difference in my life and yours. Because I'm going to be an example. I'm going to, whatever I touch is going to prosper. I have God on my side. I'm going to arise life out of darkness. I'm going to be the body of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. That's what it is to have God in Jesus' name.